Christ is risen. Christ is risen. risen Jesus the Christ is risen. risen Let's stand and worship the risen Lord Jesus the Christ. I think I freaked everybody out by not telling anybody what's coming up. But I think (laughs) the key is this is Easter. Amen? Amen. And Christ is risen. (laughs) That's what this is all about, right? So no no, like sissy voices this morning, okay? My challenge to you is to out-sing that choir, and that choir can out-sing anybody. So let's hear it.
Well done. Please be seated. And would you send the children and the youth up along with Carrie and Rob Scruggins and actually stay standing, kids and students, right here. This is Carrie Scruggins' last Sunday with us as our children's pastor and ministry director. Um, And so she's going to stand right here and you guys are going to surround her and we're going to pray over her, okay? And then I'm going to dismiss you to student, uh, to youth group and uh, children's program. Robbie, looking good, buddy. Thanks. All right, let's circle up. It's, it's all lopsided over here. I know it's, this is the teen's worst nightmare. <laughs> but let's surround Carrie, and I'm going to pray over her. There you go. Heavenly Father, and actually, you in the congregation, put your hands out. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you for the ministry that has happened through and in Carrie Scroggins as she's been here. I pray that you would make this next season a time of healing and a time of growth. And I pray that you would continue to use her like the lightning rod that she is. And all God's people said, Amen. Children and youth are dismissed. someone who needs no introduction. We're going to hear from Patty Ernest and how God has been moving so powerfully in her life. Please welcome her with a round of applause. Please. Thank you. You know, I was, uh, I was really excited to say yes when Cornell called me and asked me if I would do this and just, you know, to give my personal testimony. And then I started to ask myself, oh my gosh, where do I begin? How many times has God showed me that he is a living God and he's not just some fable written about in a book that's centuries old or some uh, story that's repeated over, over generations. 
my first memories of uh, God's care was I was a really small child, and my family came to Costa Mesa for the first time in the 40s, along with several other families in the back of a big state bed truck from Oklahoma. And we followed the crops, and we lived in a tent. But I remember my mother holding me and telling me, we are so blessed because God has given us each other. Well, you know, at the time, I had no idea what she meant. But that thought stuck with me. And somewhere in the back of my mind was all this idea that was, somebody loves me. Don't know who it is yet, but I know that somebody loves me. Then, oh my gosh, this is going to be difficult. April 27th, 2019, news in Southern California blasted out that something that would just change my family and the name of Ernest forever. And if you don't remember reading about it or hearing it on the news every time you turn the television on, you're going to hear it about it again this April 27th as the third anniversary of this event is remembered. The world seemed to collapse on my entire family. And it will always be hanging around our neck, always. And I'm not going to go into the details of that because all you've got to do is on the set 27th, turn your television on and watch the news. Then on July 19th, 2019, my husband of 58 years passed away after a long illness. But, you know, it was such a wonderful I hate to say a wonderful passing, but in a way, God showed his love through the passing of my husband because he had one son holding one hand, another son holding the other hand, and one son was singing to him. Uh, and uh, I was there. I was holding his head. And what a wonderful way to go meet our Lord. What a wonderful way. And through this, still, somebody loves me. Um, then in November 2021, I began treatment for stage 3-4 metastasized ovarian cancer. And uh, treatments have gone well. Uh, my uh, surgeon and uh, my oncologist said just a couple weeks ago, they don't understand it because I've gone through all of these treatments and I haven't had the side effects that most people have with cancer. Now, yes, I did lose my hair. But, you know, one of the things I've found out, my hair was never my crowning glory anyway. So eh. <laughs> I, was, I was more concerned about losing my eyebrows and my eyelashes. I, I, uh, you can always buy a wig. Or you can have a friend give you a wig. But there's not much you can do about eyelashes and eyebrows. So, um, but, you know... How do I know there's a living God? Well, there's no way I would have the strength to go through this by myself. Absolutely no way. God is more than just like the stories in the book. Uh, we're going to be celebrating, or today is my favorite holiday. I love this holiday. Uh, Easter's fun, but Easter is celebrated over a month, and people can celebrate the whole month of December, or, or Christmas, I'm sorry. Christmas is fun. But you celebrate the whole month of December and maybe never even mention the true meaning of Christmas, but Easter's different. Uh, 
you wake up in the morning and you say, Christ is risen. Um, This is the day that gives everything else meaning. How do I know I'm worshiping a living God? Because God has walked with me through the trials of these last few years. There have honestly been times when I have felt arms around me. So I know that I am blessed because like my mom told me when I was a little bitty, we're blessed because we have each other and because God loves us. Um, of course, you turn to the Bible. Uh, my family and I have spent a lot of time in the book of Job because, boy, if you know, if you've read Job, Job had a lot more trials than I have. And when Job was... Uh, talking to his uh, friends, and of course they were all trying to tell him to curse God. You know, look look what God has done to you. Uh, He says, uh, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God, whom I will see for myself, and my eyes will behold, and not another, and my heart faints within me. Um, My favorite scripture is Isaiah 43, and uh, this is a scripture that was introduced to me at a women's retreat. And I will tell you that another thing that I learned at women's retreat, sometimes when you read scripture, substitute your name. I go through my Bible, and, and you'll see that I've got names marked out, and I've got my name in it. So this is Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Patty, he who formed you, Patty, fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through rivers, they will not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, now remember, it doesn't say you're not going to pass through rivers. And it doesn't say you're not going to walk through fire. You will, because we've got sin in our world. You will walk through rivers, and you will walk through fire. But you will not be burned, and the fire will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. And then down on verse 13. Because you are precious in my eyes, and you are honored, and I love you. There's actually been times, like I said, when I have felt arms around me. God has ministered to me through my church, through your calls, your flowers, your meals, your rides to doctor's appointment. I had to, I had to call Unetta Pickett one day from my doctor's office because he wanted me to go to emergency, and he didn't want me driving. And I was only across the street from Hogue Hospital. But I had to call. I called Unetta, and she came, and she took me to uh to Hogue and left my car and then she came back and got my car later with my son but God has ministered to me through uh, the people in my church remember we are the hands and feet and voice of God Um, don't ever forget that what an awesome thing that is God is going to work through us because God is a living God it's an awful, it's a blessing, and it's a responsibility. 
thank you very much. I love everybody in this church. You have no idea what you meant to me. Only one time of year am I going to force you into this, but you got to stand on Easter. I give you the option every other Sunday, but come on, let's worship with all we have today. Can we do that? You know this song. Let it rise.
Christ, our Passover lamb, was sacrificed for us. On this Easter morning, let us rejoice by rejecting malice and evil and indifference by confessing our sins with a sincere heart together. Almighty God, in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry. We pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed and indifferent to the calls for peace. We despise the weak and abuse the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant given in Christ, Christ, the risen Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us, and then Christ rose for us, and Christ reigns in power for us, and Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has begun. Believe the good news that today Christ is risen, and in Jesus Christ, each one of us is forgiven. Amen. This is your moment. Otherwise, you can stand and watch the rest of us.
You got one more in ya. Just one more. Just one more. This is a traditional one here that we do at our church. It's called He Reigns. It's a matter of joining our voices collectively because all around the world in different time zones, people are worshiping in their own languages, in their own tongues, in their own styles. Some people are jumping through the aisles. Some people are sitting in their seats. But however you worship, make sure you focus your energy on our true source, the risen Lord, because He is risen. All right, here we go. It's the song of the redeemed, rising from the African plain. It's the song of the forgiven. Drowning out the Amazon rain The song of Asian believers Filled with God's holy fire It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir What is it? It's all God's children singing glory, glory Underground. I know that rhythm is challenging. Here we go. A 
dead. He is not here. He is risen. And so we celebrate today and we sing for joy. Will you join me in prayer? Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. What joyful words to hear. God, you have rolled the stone away. The tomb is empty. The night has passed, and we celebrate the dawn of a new creation. Oh God, your love was revealed at a cross, and your power was shown at the empty tomb. We rejoice in the gift that was given to us. We praise your name above every other name, both in heaven and on earth. We honor you with our voices and our spirits.
We sing alleluias in glorious harmony for all your mercies and all your greatness and all your love. Teach us to walk through each and every day in the joy and gratitude and reverence that we feel in this moment so that we truly are Easter people every single day of our lives. We pray for our nation and its leadership. Give all in authority guidance that world affairs can be calmed. Give us leaders who are wise and generous. Pray that our governing bodies may work together regardless of political party and serve the common good. On this weekend, as we celebrate Easter, others are celebrating Ramadan and Passover, and yet we hear of incidents of ethnic hate among the peoples. We hear reports of mass shootings too frequently. Show us how to get along with one another, respecting differences and treating others as Jesus taught by loving one another as he loved us. We pray for our world. Help us to be neighbors to the poor and unfortunate. Let our church be a giving church, a channel of your blessings. The news from the Ukraine shocks and saddens us daily. We cannot understand one country's inhumanity to another. Cities being told to surrender or die. The lives that have been lost. Families disrupted. And cities left in ruins leave us feeling helpless. We pray for the nations who are bringing support to the military and help and hope for the innocent victims as refugees or in their own land. We pray that the aggressor can be stopped and people can begin to recover. We pray for peace for these weary people. We give thanks for the one great hour of sharing, the Presbyterian means by which together we can make a difference in a world that so needs our help. We are grateful we can be partners in this helping ministry. We pray that many lives may be eased through our gifts and our prayers. Comforting Spirit, we pray for all who face challenges this day. Touch our troubled hearts. Bring cheer to the discouraged. Rest to the weary. Hope to the hopeless. Strength to the faltering, consolation to the grieving, and healing to the sick in body, mind, and spirit. Relieve any fears of the dying with the promise of eternal life in Christ. Hear our silent prayers for any who are on our hearts and minds this morning. Satisfy their needs, lighten their sorrow, heal their sicknesses that they may be comforted and restored. We lift up to you this day Patty Ernest, Kay Deer, Keith Coslin, Gil Keller, Don Beard, 
we give you our thanks for your healing touch. May we truly be Easter people every day and be agents of your light and love and hope in our hurting world. Grant that no one will leave here today without having stood in your presence and known it. We give thanks, great God, for the hope we have in Jesus, who died but is risen and rules over all. We praise you for his presence with us. Because he lives, we look for eternal life, knowing that nothing, past, present, or yet to come, can separate us from your great love made known in Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yep, there it is. Thanks for moving the keyboard so subtly, guys, during the prayer. Didn't anybody catch that? Awesome. I lo- Dude, you guys did my work for me. I could just say amen, and we could go about it. But let's, let's just pause for a second. I want to add to the, the phrase that we've been saying. Sharon was, pre- was praying about how we're Easter people. What does that mean? 
That's not hypothetical. Raise your hand or something. What does that mean? We believe in the resurrection of Jesus the Christ, right? We believe that Jesus paid for our sins on Good Friday a couple thousand years ago, this weekend, right? We've been singing about it. You could just repeat all these lyrics that we've been saying. This is what Easter people mean. But if you've been around here a little bit, N.T. Wright wrote a book called The Day the Revolution Began in 2017, and he blew my mind. I had raised a Christian my whole life. Parents dragged me to church, yada, yada, yada. And he asked the question, if salvation of, of human beings is primarily the reason For Jesus raising from the dead. Is Jesus, if Jesus died for our sins. To set us, you know, redeem us. And pay for our sins on the cross. Why didn't he do it on Yom Kippur? Why didn't Jesus come on the day that every year the Holy of Holies would be entered by the high priest? Do you remember? Everybody heard the stories of Holy of Holies, Yom Kippur? No? Yes? No? Yes, yes. Right? It's around October, and they do weekly, they do daily sacrifices, and then it all is pinned on this one day where the, the highest of high priests would walk into the Holy of Holies, and he'd have a, a rope around his neck, and he'd be hanging, there'd be bells hanging around his, his, uh, around his, around his neck. No, I, I reversed that. He had a rope, not around his neck, that's hanging. He had a rope around his ankle and bells around his neck, and that's because he's entering the Holy of Holies where the Ten Commandments are and the gold you remember the ark? You ever seen Indiana Jones, that whole deal? He walks into the Holy of Holies, and if he's not holy enough, if, he hasn't, if they haven't done enough sacrifices, he's struck dead on the scene. And so the bells are there. He hits the ground. He goes, ching, ching, ching. Oh, lost another one. And they just pull him out by a rope. That's dark, right? Why didn't he come on Yom Kippur? Why didn't Jesus come on Yom Kippur? When that is when we, as people of God, deal with our sin. When did he come? He came on Passover. What does that mean? Why? We've been missing a huge part of being an Easter people. Yes, we are new creations. Yes, Jesus paid for our sins. But we're also second Exodus people. He came on Passover to set us free from the kingdom of this world and to enter into the kingdom of God the moment you say, Yes, Lord Jesus. Is everybody following that? Is anybody's mind blown? My mind was blown. Because I'd miss this whole piece of it. And that's why I picked Galatians. That's why I picked Galatians to end on this passage that we're going to be ending on. 
Because in the grand scheme of things, yes, all of our sins have been forgiven. Read the hymns, the titles right there. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Amen? Amen. Christ the Lord is risen today. Amen. He is Lord. Amen. He has risen from the... Dude, revival time. Release the Kraken. That's what Danny's been just... He started playing with his elbows. Did you see that? This has been... This is awesome, right? We're, we're here and let it rise. We're called to worship. Angels won't roll the stones away. That's all true. But we, we should be saying, we are free. That's another part of being Easter people. Let's read. I've talked enough. I'm going to read scripture right here. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 1. Sorry, my voice is still cracking. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. You, you who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith through working through love. You were running well. Who prevented you from obeying the truth? Such persuasion does not come from the the one who calls you. A little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. I am confident that you are in the Lord, that you will not think otherwise. But whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. But my friends, why am I still being persecuted if I am still preaching circumcision? If that, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed, I wish those who unsettle you would castrate themselves. Whoa. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. You were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love, become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and destroy one another... Take care that you are not consumed by one another. This is the word of the Lord. Chuck Swindoll tells this story. Dr. Gordon, one Easter, brought an old, beat-up, rusty bird cage and sat it next to the pulpit. As he gave the sermon that Easter morning, he held up the cage and said, you might be wondering why this is here. As a matter of fact, That's not the normal part of the Easter service, having a birdcage here. He said, let me tell you the story of it. Several days ago, I was noticing a little boy in tattered and torn blue jeans and a dirty t-shirt, cap off the side, whistling, walking down an alley, swinging this birdcage. Clinging to the bottom of the cage were little field sparrows he had caught. So I stopped him and asked, say, Sonny, 
What do you have there? He said, oh, I've got some birds. What are you going to do with them? I asked. Oh, mess around with them, tease them, something like that. Well, I asked, when you get tired of them, what are you going to do? He thought a moment and said, well, I got a couple of cats at home and they like birds. I think I'll just let them have them. Dr. Gordon said his heart went out to the little birds. So he made the little lad an offer. How much do you want for the birds? Surprised the boy. Surprised, the boy said, Mister, these birds ain't no good. Well, Dr. Gordon said, regardless, how much would you like for them? The little fellow said, how about two bucks? He said, sold. So he reached in his pocket and peeled off two, two, two dollar bills. Uh, two dollar bills, yeah. The little boy shoved the bird cage forward, pleased with his stroke of good fortune. But when the boy left, the pastor walked a good distance away, lifted open the little bird cage and said, shoo, shoo. And he shoved them out the door and they flew free. The empty bird cage was the perfect illustration of how Satan had the human race trapped and frightened. Jesus Christ not only paid the price for our freedom, he has set us free. Amen? Amen. What does living free look like? How are we supposed to live free? He says at the beginning of this text, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. What does that look like? Well, one who's living a second Exodus life, an Easter life, a free life. First thing he brings up is that there's going to be people and circumstances in this world that are trying to convince you that you're not free. That are trying to put rules and falsities on you. As free people, you need to know that. This isn't going to be like, remember Patty said, there's going to be fire. There's going to be these rivers we're going to have to cross. Amen? Anybody in the middle of one of those fires right now? Anybody in one of the middle of those rivers? It's no fun. My word to you this morning, if you're sitting in the middle of one of those fires in one of those rivers, is read the rest of this text. He says it doesn't matter what they say. They're wrong. It doesn't matter what they say. And he also says, notice, the one who called you isn't going to say stuff like that. And the one who's saying stuff like that, God will deal with them. What does that mean? What, is it, what else does freedom, what do free people look like? Happy, okay. We're going to start shouting out answers. I like it. <laughs> they are happy. But they're, yeah, it's a joy-filled happy. It's a, I should look at my notes before I go off another session. So another thing, the devil is real. That's one thing we need to recognize. That's all over what Paul he says, this battle isn't against the stuff that we see. I'm convinced there's people praying against me. 
I I'm convinced there's spiritual force that's waking me up in the middle of the night because of what God is doing at this local outpost. Convinced. Because Paul says it over and over. The devil's real and he's not messing around. We're supposed to recognize him, but notice we're not supposed to be afraid of him because God is going to deal with him in the end. And then he keeps cruising. The enemy will try and convince you this isn't real. This isn't real. The biggest, the biggest answer is unity. Free people, second exodus people, people set free from the slavery of this world of sin and death are by faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit flowing through them madly in love with one another. That's our mark. The person to your right, the person to your left, we can't do it without them. We cannot do it without them. It takes a church to raise a Christian. It takes us. Anybody been to Texas? Anybody float the river? Just my wife. <laughs> okay, I won't use that story. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of another one. No. Uh, you float the river. There's the San Antonio. What river is that even? I don't even know what river it is. Does anybody know what river flows right near Austin? I don't know. Everybody gets in pontoons. And there's actually these, there's actually, um, what are those things called? Those tires, those tire things that you float. And you rent the inner tubes. There it is. There it is. And there's all these, there's little eddies, you know, like that are trying to pull you off and pull you into the bushes. And the only way that you can stay in the middle of the river is by making a big blob. Nobody is, nobody's been to San Antonio. Nobody's been there. Anybody been to Forest Home? Anybody been to Forest Home? You ever been on the snow hill? If you ever want to gain speed, go up there in the winter camp, and the key to getting a lot of speed is to hook up with a large man like myself. I'll get you through, and I'll get you through fast. Just trying to illustrate, we seriously can't do it without you. Without one another. I feel like I'm a, like a record player on repeat, but that's so much of the gospel. That's so much what Jesus said. When Jesus said, how are they going to know that I'm real? They're going to look at the people that follow me, and they're not just going to like each other. They're going to absolutely love each other. And it's not going to make any sense. There's going to be some big hairy dude hanging out with Steve Todd. You know, he's all classy polo guy. You know, what, what are those two hanging out together for on a Sunday? It's because they serve the same Lord, Jesus the Christ, right? And we need each other. And then he ends with it. He says, okay. And John says, actually, John is a little harder on us. He says, we've got to lay down our lives for one another. Look to the person, like... That's a high call. I'm called to die for you. I'm called to put down my arrogance, my ego, my know-it-allness, my know drop it all down to the floor and learn from you. 
and vice versa. We're supposed to come into this place and it's all level at the cross and we drop it and we're second Exodus people. We're all free people and I can learn from you. You can learn from me. John says, die for one another. Paul takes it a little different direction. He says, actually become one another's slaves. Doulos, the word there is doulos, servant, slave, owned. I've done a couple weddings in my day. Every single one of them I say, this is, the starting gun is going off. And God is calling each of you to serve one another and outdo one another in serving one another. I say that to you guys, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant this morning. The starting gun is going off. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. From now on, we, we, can I get the door for you? Can I answer any questions for you? Is there anybody that needs groceries? That's, that's the sign of a healthy church. Did you hear when Patty said that? Yunetta lives here. Hogue is over there. <laughs> Yunetta drives over to Hogue, drives across the street, drives back, gets Patty's son, drives back, gets the car. Sorry to throw you under the bus, Yunetta, but <laughs> that's, a help, that's like a litmus test that we're getting some things right and be encouraged. Um, I quote Billy Graham, and this will be my only application, and I'll sit down. Billy Graham says, as you're reading this text, I add that part. Jason adds that part. But as you're reading this text, what relationships need strengthening in your life? Don't wait for them to grow cold or bitter, but ask God to help you strengthen them by putting God's love into action. No matter what, begin today. Now. And all God's people said, Amen. we continue in worship and we call for the offering and the tithes. Since we're, we're not going to pass the plate, there's offering plates at the back as you exit. And if you're listening at the, on the podcast, thank you for listening and also uh, send your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received.
the end, almost. And uh, there is a tradition in our church here that everybody who mustered the courage to join the choir and sing a real chorus will welcome to do so from the audience. We have some music scores there, so if you like to do it, please come. If you don't know music, try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, while a hymn is being sung, the day of resurrection, everybody wants to come and join the choir and sing the Andrea chorus once a year. This is your chance for 2022. So please come. Even if you don't know it, don't be bashful. My wife said, you can't love people unless you know them, right? That's a no-duh statement. Make sure you say hello to at least like three or four people you've never met. There's a bunch of new people here today or people that I haven't seen in a while. And thanks for coming. And uh, I'm going to give us a benediction. And this, this was all in preparation. If anybody, this is your one chance. You get to get up in the choir loft and try and sing hallelujah chorus. Yeah, and I say I dare you. I, I, I double dog dare you. Triple dog dare you. Straight for the throat. All right. Let's receive this morning's benediction and let's sing hallelujah, which means, what does it mean? Praise Yahweh. Right? Yes, praise God, but praise Yahweh. Amen. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit 
guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. And all God's people said, Amen. And let's sing hallelujah as loud as we can. I'll get one of these things. <laughs>